Hello and welcome to episode nine of My Freelance Life, a podcast from the team here at Milo.co. I'm Preston and with me on the air, as always, is my friend Andy. Hey, what's up? If you've heard the show before, you know that this is a weekly check-in between me and Andy to see what happens when you start freelancing full-time. Andy recently quit his job to start working for himself, and every week we check in to see just what happens when you become your own boss. You'll find show notes for this episode at FreelanceLifePodcast.com slash nine. That's just the number nine. And this episode of My Freelance Life is brought to you by our friends at FreshBooks, the number one invoicing software for freelancers. You can try FreshBooks free for 30 days at FreshBooks.com slash Andy. I've been working with freelancers and solopreneurs like Andy and like you and like me for over a decade. And the number one tool that keeps coming up over and over and over again is FreshBooks. I think it might be because, well, first of all, it's ridiculously easy to use, especially with some of the most recent upgrades that they've made in their new platform. But at the core, I think it's about making your workload insanely lighter. Once you sign on to FreshBooks, you can connect your account to your favorite payment platforms, automatically see how your business is doing every month. And plus, you can send invoices and proposals to your clients right within the app. You can do that on your computer. You can do it on your mobile device. FreshBooks notifies you when your client sees what you've sent and then sends them automatic reminder emails if they forget to pay your invoice or review your proposal. And that's just the tip of the iceberg with FreshBooks. It's, they've, they've been building features for freelancers for years now, which is why so many people recommend FreshBooks for bookkeeping, invoicing, and lots more. Go ahead and subscribe at freshbooks.com slash Andy. You'll get 30 days completely free, and then it's super affordable if you decide to stay on after the 30 days, as low as $15 a month. Again, visit freshbooks.com slash Andy, and when they ask, how did you hear about us, just tell them Andy. Let's dive into this conversation I want to dive into to basically what I was starting to get into before we pushed record, and then you wisely stopped me. And that is that it feels like, so you were sort of mentioning all of these things that you have going on in your life right now that you were sort of trying to, to let your friends know, particularly on Facebook, just what's happening in your life. You know, you, you left your job to pursue freelancing full time, which everybody listening to the show obviously knows that. And then you started listing off all these other things that you wanted to let people know about. Can you can you run me back through that list and then we can sort of pick up the conversation from there? Yeah, it was basically the sort of things that people would normally post on Facebook, but I haven't for whatever reason. Like I haven't posted these life updates or sharing it. If anything, it was just like random songs that were cool or whatever. So anyway, I thought I should like catch people up if they're interested on some things that were happening in my life. I left my job back in August, um, started recording a podcast, obviously. Uh, I am in a musical at a, at a local theater. I wanted to tell people about that and I'm going to be moving to France soon. So just some of these things that usually like, as soon as they happen, it's, I would, it seems normal to have shared about it, but for some reason I just like, I just kept doing my own thing and, and I'm fine with that. But I thought there's a lot of things that have happened and some people may be interested in knowing about it. And what I was saying was, it feels like you have a lot going on, like a lot of big life changes right now. Like if someone sort of only half knew you and then saw that post on Facebook and it's like, I'm, I quit my job. I'm freelancing. I'm doing a podcast. I'm moving to France. I'm in a musical. (laughs) It's just like the list goes on and on of like, uh, you know, pretty 
like stuff that you have to dedicate quite a bit of time to and some pretty big life changes in there too. I mean, moving to a completely different country is huge. Obviously, um, quitting your job and, and doing your own thing is huge. So, uh, I don't know, like, does it, I guess off the air, you sort of said it doesn't feel like there's that many, or it doesn't feel like it's that big of a deal. Can you sort of walk me through that emotion? I guess there's maybe a couple explanations for why, I felt that way or why that, that thought came to me. And it's maybe it's because that I don't, it doesn't feel like much going on because like, I don't know when you sit and you list them all, it sounds like a lot, but in my day-to-day life, it's pretty, um, relaxed, I guess. Maybe this is, you know, a shout out to freelancing or whatever, but maybe that makes it a little bit easier to do all the things because I don't, I'm not fit into a more rigid schedule of like the, you know, nine to five or whatever. And then all these other things happen like before or after that, or in the little spaces in between during lunch, whatever, like planning for all these other things. And instead my life just is kind of like, it flows in a different sort of cadence, I guess. So that could be part of it, but I don't know if it it also might be because I should be making a bigger deal of it than I am. And maybe I'm being too passive about it. And I have all these things going on and moving to France in a month and a half, but we haven't picked out a place to live. And so maybe I should be more stressed about it. Maybe I should have been for the last month or so. That could be why. And and honestly, like the other one with the being in the show right now, now that we're actually doing the show and not in rehearsals, it's a, it takes a lot less or it, there's a lot less time involved in, um, a lot less stress. You just show up and you do the show and, and it's way different than during rehearsal period, I guess. Those are some reasons why, I guess. Hmm. I think, I think you bring up a really excellent point about the autonomy and flexibility that you have when you decide to work for yourself, whether you're freelancing or doing something else, but particularly when you're freelancing, it's sort of like, when there's a lot happening, maybe you don't take on as many clients. And when there's not very much going on in terms of other things in your life, then maybe you take on more clients and there's sort of this ebb and flow. But, but instead of like, like you said, it's sort of, instead of, you know, living your life between 5 PM and 9 AM and then going to work between 9 AM and 5 PM, you, you sort of get to live your life in and out of the work that you're doing and you get to work when you want to, and you get to do other things when you want to. So I think like the first takeaway I agree with you is like this, you have to chalk it up first of all, to this freelance lifestyle um, where you get to choose how you want to spend your time and when, and the things you want to work on. And, And for people who have never experienced that, it can be, it can be kind of, it can feel like you're doing a lot more maybe than you are doing because normally they would have to do all those things or currently they'd have to do all those things between, you know, 5 PM and whenever they go to bed. And it's like, well, I don't have time to be in a play and do a podcast and get ready to move to France. And, 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 and there's, I have time to like eat dinner with my family and maybe do one thing that I like. And then I have to go to bed, you know, that's kind of, at least that was my experience when I was working a full-time job. Yeah. I, I think one thing to know is that, they sound like big things, but maybe they're, they sound bigger than they are. For instance, for the podcast, for me, it's actually pretty easy because you take care of so much of the, of the behind the scenes stuff. I just 
show up once a week and talk for an hour. And so like, it's, it's a big thing and it's a cool thing to be a part of, but on my side, I feel like it doesn't take as much time as it might lead someone to think when you're, you know, listing out all the things. That makes sense. Although I do remember like when I was working a nine to five, finding just an hour a week yeah. to podcast because I've, I've done a couple other shows with a couple other friends and um, even just finding you know, an hour a week or a couple hours a week was still pretty hard. I had to figure out like on my lunch break, where am I taking? Like I recorded in my car a couple times because that was the only way I could figure out to do it is like I hooked up my mic to my laptop and had this <laughs> whole rig in my car just so that I could record on my lunch break. And it was kind of ridiculous. Like it's, I think it can be easy to forget now that you and I are both in this sort of more autonomous work life setting. It can be easy to forget like how hard it was to find time to, like even just yeah. get a haircut or something, you know, when, when you're working. Yeah. A nine to five job. And I think a, a lot of it comes down to my particular attitude. And this is not, I don't feel like this is something unique to me as a freelancer, but me as a person. And I've noticed sometimes it being, uh, having maybe a negative effect. And that's just the way that I uh, approach things very like casually, laissez-faire if you will and um nice french very nice french. it was french french on purpose there yeah. um and but but anyway i take things casually like that sometimes to the detriment of planning and um i i mean for example we're we're picking out a place to live in france and probably this should have, well, definitely could have been done much earlier and it maybe would have given us more options or maybe even cheaper options in where we pick to stay. And so it's not that I all of a sudden became this way when I was a freelancer and have a casual way about things, but I was kind of that way before. And I feel like if people aren't, let's see, if people aren't necessarily that way and then they switch to becoming a freelancer, I don't think that they're like in danger of, or it's not like that they need to really focus and make sure, oh, I have to, I mean, I, I can't let myself go, you know, I got to stay on top of things or whatever. <laughs> and, but, but then again, I, I don't know, maybe if someone is really, um, uh, I don't know, like structured and they're living a, a nine to five type lifestyle and then they switch to becoming a freelancer, maybe they would switch and become a more laid back person. And there's actually a lot of positive things that come with it too. I've been focusing on some of the things that are, that are, can cause like minor issues and stuff, but there's also really positive things that come from being laid back. I don't know why I said all these things just now, like what the point of that was, but it was just some thoughts that were building up. And I thought, yeah, well, I think, I think it's uh, knowing you, uh, you know, personally, like as a friend, I, and, and knowing a little bit of your story and, and to be completely honest with the listeners, like we've only been friends for less than a year. So, um, I don't know you extremely, extremely well, although I was joking, I'm not sure I, I have any other friends in the world that we hop on a call once <laughs> yeah. a week and talk for an hour. So, so maybe you are one of my best friends, but I, but the knowing knowing you and sort of your personality and knowing a little bit of your backstory like yeah you're right before i mean before you were a full-time freelancer you like i think we talked about this on the show you like um like took a ship from where did it was like from san francisco area to somewhere in south america or something it, remind me it was from long beach i'd been working on this tall ship like it, it was a an education vessel we'd take school groups out and sail channel islands off of like Los Angeles area of California. And 
then the ship was sold. And so I sailed with the new owners, with the new crew from Long Beach, California to Panama City on its route to its new home. Yeah. And then, so there's that. And then between jobs, you know, there were all these photos, which a lot of them are on the the um, the cover art for this podcast right now, depending on when you're listening to the show, uh, you know, you haven't been to France yet. And eventually we'll put those pictures in and everything. But you have some pictures from between jobs where you were traveling. And so you sort of always had like this sort of free spirit mentality. And, and I don't know, is that a bad thing? I don't actually know what free spirit <laughs> is, but you've always had sort of this mentality of like being adventurous and um, sort of grabbing life by the horns and traveling and, and doing things that are a little unique and a little unorthodox. And so, yeah, I think, but I think to, to come back to your comment, just because you start freelancing doesn't mean that's how you're going to be. But what freelancing or working for yourself full-time does allow you to do is to really be yourself. And yourself, Andy, is, you know, traveling, adventure, um, pushing the boundaries, a little unorthodox in, in terms of lifestyle and things like that, and really just sort of thinking outside the box and living outside the box. And some people, that's not their lifestyle necessarily. But the joy of freelancing full time is you get to decide yeah, what that def- looks like and it looks different for everybody. I like how sometimes I'll just start rambling on about something and then you start talking and it all of a sudden like makes sense what I said and you can wrap it up and, <laughs> and yeah, thank you for doing that. Thanks for making me sound like a, like a, like a reasonable human. No, I think you have some really great insights. Um, it's fun to, it's fun to be able to, to ping and pong them back and forth. So that, that really works out for me. <laughs> So you're only a month and a half away from actually moving, right? From actually picking up and moving yes. to France. Oh, wait. No. I mean, it's more like two months. Two months. I don't know. And at the time I of mean, publishing, actually, the timing is interesting because at the time we publish, you know, we're, we're about, we've, we've recorded enough episodes that we're almost two months ahead just so that we never oh, get behind wow. on the show. And so at time of publishing, you might actually be in France or you might just be getting ready to go depending on sort of how things shake out. So that's really exciting. Yeah. That is kind of cool to think about as you're hearing this I'm <laughs> in Paris or something. Yeah. And if that's true, we will be sure to include some photos in the show notes for this episode on the, on the Milo blog. Oh, um, does that sound okay, Andy? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Cool. Tell me what you and your wife are doing now to, to prepare, prepare for that in a couple months. Well, we are, um, let's see, I, I admit I haven't done enough. I mean, we've been talking about it, how it's like, we need to, we need to pick a spot soon. And she'll remind me like, we need to pick a spot soon. I'm like, yeah, let's, we'll just do a little research on our own and then we'll come together and discuss what we found and such. But I haven't put enough time into it that I needed to. Anyway, that was, that's been the case like up till recently. And then finally, like, um, thanks to her encouragement, we like sat down on Sunday. Was it Sunday? Yeah. Anyway, the other day, and we just kind of took a huge chunk of time and sat there with our computers. And that was our main goal. And we, we had a bunch of lists of cities from like, uh, articles we'd read online, or I have, uh, a group of friends from a lot of different places around the world. And so I, uh, and because of a Facebook group I'm a part of, and I well actually the Facebook group is because of a place that I worked once. But anyway, um, I, I asked them their recommendations, if they knew cool places in France that they think would be the type of thing we were looking for. And, um, so we had this list and we kind of just went through it and 
tried to learn more about the places just to see if anything caught our eye really. And actually just because of the way I do things, I also built a, a database in Airtable. Of course you I do. love Airtable. <laughs> I don't know if we've mentioned it yet on here, but it is such a cool pro- product or, or service or what system, whatever you want to call it. Um, and anyway, so I, I, I made this Airtable base that has a list of all of our cities and, you know, the, the average temperatures in April and June and photos and a map of the place. And we listed out pros and cons and notes and, and I'll add the cost to get there from Paris on the train and, and so on. Anyway, like we'd been kind of, we finally collected all this information and along the way we, as we were looking at these different things, we found some that kind of caught our attention, but still at the end of the day, it just felt like, they're all really awesome places. Some of them are big cities. Some of them are smaller. And I mean, there are some on the coast, some in the, in the mountains more, some more centrally located. And they're like, it's tough to narrow it down. So that's kind of the stage we're in now, I guess, is, is narrowing that down from a list of, I don't know, maybe it's 15 or 20 cities or, or locations and picking one because we decided not to just wander around France, but to pick one place essentially and stay there the whole time. So that's the process we're going through now. I love that. So I'm curious how, you know, what considerations, I mean, surely you've planned trips before and vacations and that sort of thing that have maybe been, you know, maybe even a couple weeks or something, but, um, but this is completely different. You're moving to a place. You're going to live there for a few months until you had need to go to a wedding in Trinidad. And, I'm curious also, like you have to take into consideration your ability to work while you're there. It's not a just a three month long vacation. It's actually you're going to live there. So you need to also work there. What considerations have been different as you've been looking through, you know, different locations that that maybe planning a vacation would be different from like planning to live and work there full time? Yeah, that that's a great question. And um the things that the primary things we're looking at and some of them stand apart from what you'd look for in a standard vacation place. Well, for one, often when you're going on a vacation, you'll stay, I mean, I guess the typical like American vacation or what, whatever you'd want to call it is maybe a couple days in a city, maybe a week at most in a city and you're moving right. on to somewhere else. And we want to find a place that to stay in longer. So we want to find a place where we will feel like there's sufficient things to keep us entertained for the, the entirety of our, our stay there. So, um, that's one thing we're looking for is a place that has a lot of fun things to do. Oftentimes these things are inherent in big cities. So that kind of makes it easy if we go that route, but we want to have, you know, things to do and also things nearby because while we're staying there and we're paying for a place to stay for a couple of months, we don't want to have to leave and go far away and then have to pay for a hotel while we're also paying for the place back where we have our long-term stay. And anyway, so we want things that are nearby and also just actually within the the place we stay to, to have things to do. But at the same time, because we, like you say, we're going to be working while we're over there, similar to what we're doing now, we don't need to be entertained 24 seven, like going from one thing to another museum, to this cool cafe, to this park over here, like, we just need, you know, a, a fun thing to do um, on the weekends and maybe uh, like during the week 
we'll spend time just walking around whatever neighborhood we live in or something and kind of just being there and like feeling the vibes of the place and everything. And maybe, you know, getting to know smaller areas more in depth. And so that's, that, that's one thing we're looking for. We also, it needs to be a place that's easy to get around like, um, without a car because we don't want to have to rent a car while we're there. So either mm. walking, biking or public transit has to be able to get us to the things we'd want to do. And especially maybe if we could also a place that you could just walk to the things you need every day or like to the grocery store and, and such. Those are some of the main things that we're looking for in a place. And I assume, I assume your cost of living is going to be a little bit cheaper, maybe? Um, it's hard to say, honestly. It'll probably be pretty close. And this would vary hugely based on where you live prior to going there. But for us, because of our yeah. arrangement, we currently um, rent part of a townhouse from my brother-in-law. So we don't have to pay like, we don't, we're not paying a full mortgage or rent or whatever. And the, But then when, once you add utilities and all, and all those things on top of it, I feel like our Airbnb that we're going to be just based on the prices we've been looking at so far will be similar to what we're paying here for housing. Uh, we won't have some of the expenses that we do now at home, but we will have new ones. We'll likely go out to eat more often, partially for convenience and partially for just the experience, of course. Right. And and we will, you know, maybe spend a little more on activities than we do here at home. So it's, I mean, it's tough to say right now because there's a lot of like uh, things that are going to be more and things that are going to be less. I, honestly, I think it's going to even out fairly close to what we are now. Okay. That's really interesting. Okay. So let's, let's now um, come back to you freelancing, uh, not, not just traveling, but freelancing while you're traveling. I guess there's a couple different ways you could look at it. What's your plan? First of all, to make sure you have enough clients while you're there so that you don't run out of money to pay for your Airbnb, or maybe you guys are saving up money to be able to pay for it all. I'm not sure what your plan is. So I'd love to discuss that. And then I'd also, um, love to discuss like how many hours you plan to work while you're there versus, you know, exploring and, and going places and seeing things. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly what the daily schedule will look like, but, um, it's already pretty variable day to day. Some days, I will work in the afternoon and the evenings and just kind of take my time in the morning. And maybe I'll do that in France, you know, wake up and wander the city for a bit and then come home and work. And and sometimes here I'll wake up and work a bunch, then do something in the evening. And so I may um, have days like that when I'm over there. I don't, uh, I guess I haven't planned a specific schedule for the day and I'm not sure. Yeah. Which is kind of the fun of it. I mean, if, if you had planned out the whole thing, yeah. maybe maybe not as fun, right? Part of it is the adventure uh, you did, aspect of I mean, it all. Or you did ask, I guess, specifically how I plan to have enough work while I'm over there. And I, I'm pretty much approaching it the same way I am here, that I'll still have my some of my long-term clients and be picking up more along the way. There is one thing that I'm uncertain how it'll affect it, and that is that on Upwork, which is, of course, has been my primary means of finding clients. There is a, there's a, like a toggle that you can right, yeah. switch as a client to say that you're only looking to hire freelancers from the U S or that I think, I don't I can't remember if, I think it's that oh. live in the U S. So I don't know if technically 
I am not part of that group of freelancers, or technically I am, but I wonder if that will affect how many oh, invitations I get or if I'll be excluded from certain jobs or whatever. So I'm not sure how that'll affect it. I imagine if, if it does make an impact, I don't think it'll be a huge impact because there's, there really is tons of work out there that I've found. Um, I found that to be the case. So yeah, I, I guess I've, I've been in. But that is interesting because it's it's not just about like the language and, and your native language. It can also be about the time zone, right? If, if people want someone that they can call up during business hours in the United States and all of a sudden you're halfway around the yeah. world, that can present and, a problem um, potentially. The, just the other day, though, I actually had an invitation to a job. And at the bottom of it, they said, um, only... Only apply if you are between this time zone and this time zone. And I think they must have been based out of London or something because it was like plus or minus a couple mm. from where they were at. And so I replied to him. I'm like, well, I, I'm not within those time zones currently, but I will be in March. So while it may exclude me from certain job offerings, there may be others where people, clients in Europe are more inclined to work with me because we can get on a call in the middle of the day and not at odd hours to connect. Interesting. Ah, that'll be really interesting to see how that affects for good or for bad the number of you know yeah. RFPs that you're getting and that sort of thing uh, via Upwork. That's really fun, man. That's good. What else is happening in, in just your freelance journey right now? What What's happened this week since we talked last? Uh, what's, what's going on? I feel like um, it was either one or two episodes ago that we we were talking about how I was had been um, not spending a ton of time through because of being sick and then holidays and then just it took me a while to kind of build back up to where I wanted to be and I feel yeah. like I'm back to where I want to be and maybe even better than before in terms of consistency of like working a decent amount or, or a, a sufficient amount a day or more days where it's where I want to be, I, whatever the case may be, however you measure it. I feel like I'm in a better spot than I was even before. And one thing I've done, I don't know if this has helped it or just been a way to make me more aware of it is I made this little uh, spreadsheet to keep track of things, of course. And um, the, of course. <laughs> now the, the funny thing is, is I'm pretty sure you could accomplish the same thing by going to Upwork and choosing from their reports, you know, pick, uh, like a weekly timesheet or whatever, and it'll show you how much you made each day by client and, or at least how many hours you worked by client and then shows like your totals at, at the bottom. But I just kind of made my own. I like doing that sometimes because then I can customize it to be just how I want. And anyway, but basically what I, what I did is I built a sheet yeah, totally. that I can have a list of my clients. And then as I'm working on it throughout the day, I'll write down how many hours and it knows the rate for each client. So it, it shows like my subtotals and then how much I've made for the day. And then at the end of the day, I click a button and it logs it away to like a, a another sheet that just holds all the data and then I can put in the new day's data. But then as I'm working for the day, I have this area to like input what I'm doing, but also over on the side, I can see how much did I make the last seven or eight days. And there's a total there of like well, how much I've made in the last week and there's a chart and all this jazz. So I can see easily um, how much I'm making on a day-to-day -day basis. And I know like where I need to be at and it's, it's, it's made it easier to just, before it was like, oh, I need to work X amount of hours or whatever. And it felt to me, maybe I just didn't ha like grab hold of that and really measure it well. It was just like 
a, an idea, but I wasn't able to keep track of it as, as nicely. So now I have this way I can see, oh, I've worked, you know, two hours for this client and an hour for this client. And it's fun to see like the total I've made for the day add up. Like that's an exciting thing to be like, oh, I made this much today. And hey, if I just work another hour, that's not that tough. And I'm in the flow of things right now with this project. I'm just going to work for another hour and then I'll be up to this point or whatever. And I've really enjoyed using this new spreadsheet. Ah, that's really fun. In the last week or so. That's cool. So you can say no. And if you say no, we'll just pull this part out of the episode. But uh, would you be willing to share like screenshots of that with the listeners so they can sort of see what you've built and you can blur out any numbers that you're not comfortable sharing. But I think it could be fun for them to see what you've built in terms of like, you know, tracking your own progress in terms of revenue day by day. Would you be interested in sharing that? Yeah, I think I could share something now, uh, but with one caveat, well, I may blur things out client names, especially, but maybe money as well, or maybe I'll just artificially yeah. inflate my numbers and you'll all think I'm really rich or something. <laughs> but the, the actual caveat is that, um, I, <laughs> I designed this for me to use and I did not spend a lot of time making it look nice. And in case there's any, any I listener out there who actually would even have like a, just a small thought in their head that they'd maybe want me to help them with spreadsheet things someday. Don't take this as an example of, of what I built because it's like a little oddly formatted and, and whatnot, but yeah. Cause it's just, it's a, it's an internal yeah. document. Basically it's just, it's basically something that only you were going to use until I, you're welcome. <laughs> maybe I should, maybe <laughs> I should use this as an impetus to like get it to look nicer and be more, more presentable and then heck well the good news is we're a couple months ahead in publishing these things so you have some time to to make it a little bit nicer if you want to well maybe i should do that i should make it nicer and then package it up in a more generic format and then we can just share the sheet and people can copy it and use it for themselves if they want cool so we will be sure to put that by the time this show publishes we'll be sure to put that in the show notes um, for this episode. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that. Okay. So maybe now we'll take back the caveat. If you see this, then it's absolutely an example of my, my fine <laughs> spreadsheet work. I don't know. Pick which, which answer you want based on when you see it. <laughs> Perfect. I think that'll be really cool to share. <laughs> that'll be really good. All right, man. Well, I think that's a great conversation for today. Is there anything we're, um, we're, we're leaving out? I, I think it's been a great, we've sort of been all over the place today, but that's what I love about this show is we can just talk about lots of different elements of your, your work and life and travel and everything. So, um, anything we left out that you wanted to touch on today? I I don't think so. I think we got a good mix of things and it'll be, it's interesting how the travel bit is becoming more of a, a topic and it might become even more so as like we get closer to that and maybe we'll spend less time on freelancing and then well like the actual work of freelancing or the logistics and maybe it'll just bounce back and forth but you're right I like that about the way that this show is yeah and I think you know working with the Milo audience um, for so many years I know that freelancing while traveling is a huge interest point for people and so I think it'll be great to, to hear from you firsthand in real time you know, what, what are you experiencing? Like what, what's working the way you thought it was, what's not working and, um, and just all of the details of what it takes to actually not only freelance full time, which I, which is sort of the premise of the show, but also 
to up and live somewhere else for an extended period of time and still run a viable business. So it'll be fun to see. It'll be fun to, to pick your brain and, um, and uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's been it's been something I've been really looking forward to as we've been recording these episodes and sort of laying the foundation is what are we going to explore when you're also traveling while you're working. So, yeah. all right, great. Well, we will wrap up today's episode then uh, and all right. talk See to you, you soon. Bye. Okay, perfect. Show notes for this episode can be found at freelancelifepodcast.com slash nine. And this episode, one last time, is brought to you by FreshBooks. We're so thankful for FreshBooks' support of this show. If you want to support FreshBooks, you can visit freshbooks.com slash Andy. And if you're ready to really get serious about tracking your expenses and, and building an actual legitimate business as a freelancer, you really should give FreshBooks a try. Again, visit freshbooks.com slash Andy and just type A-N-D-Y in the how did you hear about us section. My Freelance Life is a production of Milo.co. You can learn more about us and listen to our other podcasts at M-I-L-L-O dot C-O. This show was edited by the very talented Danny Gilman at echopodmedia.com. The theme music for this show is a song by Joaquim Garud called Road Trip. And we will talk to you next time on episode 10 of My Freelance Life. See ya.